lovely listeners, what's happening? This is Vibe, the podcast. I am Beck, and I will be your host. And today I'm delighted to be with the incredible Mr. Matt Burke, um, who is the host of Magic Minds podcast. So he's a fellow podcaster. He's now a published author as well. And he's my friend and like mentor slash coach, kind of. So Matt, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> How are you, Rebecca? What is the crack? Yup, the flats. Yup, the podcast. Yup, the bag of cans, gang. Yeah, the bag of cans, gang for life. Yes. That's uh, our, our little program that we did with Matt, our group. We were nicknamed the bag of cans, gang. Yeah. Uh, are, are you, I don't know. Are you just used to say that in the job with the girls, you know, grab a bag of cans for the crack. When the lockdown came in, that's where the bag of cans came from. It was just like, grab a bag of cans, we sit outside the job, and then. Uh, and it's it's mad because I don't even drink, but uh, yeah, bag of cans. Do you want to tell us, you were saying about the job there, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it is you do? So, well, as in my day job, my nine to five Dolly Parton job? Tell us all of it, yeah. Tell us, tell me all, spill the beans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I work in the National Rehab, uh, I work in brain injury rehabilitation, so I work with adults who acquire brain injury. Uh, I'm in... Uh, I'm out in Rochestown Lodge, you know, the National Rehab. So I'm there roughly, um, I think, since 2010. So I'm there okay. 12, 12 years. I went there as a student, so studying sports science. I was working there. And I was also working in a prison. I was doing, you know, I was doing a uh, placement. So I was in two places, a teacher in, in Wheatfield Prison. And I was also oh, in the hospital. And then a job come up in the hospital and jumped on that. Uh, yeah, and I've been there since. Uh, it's a great old place to work. And I also, as you said, I'm the host of the Magic Minds podcast, Stories That Have the Power to Inspire. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so when did you start the podcast? I started the podcast in 2017. Uh, and I spoke a good bit about this to people, like why and where. And I suppose I just... I used to watch interviews and see people interview. I'm like, oh, isn't that deadly? You have access to all these deadly people. And and when I talk about the deadly people that I want to interview or, or be uh, exposed to would be doctors, psychologists, sports, sports psychs, nutritionists, immunologists, all the things, spiritual leaders, people that have, you know, encountered trauma, you know, because I, I find stories fascinating, people's stories. I love education. So... It was a combination of all that. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to interview people, you know, because I'm exposed to people in the hospital who have phenomenal, phenomenal life stories, i.e. had a brain injury, you know, worked through the rehabilitation, went back to work or whatever. Or, you know, they've had such an adventure in their lifestyle that I wanted to capture that. So I just went out and bought a, a Zoom H1, a Zoom H1. Yeah, just a, just a, a recorder thing, and and just started out of it. I didn't know that I needed a laptop. I didn't know that I needed knowledge. I didn't even know where they lived. I just recorded this stuff and went, "What do we do now?" And someone's like, "Do you not know anything about podcasts?" I haven't got a clue. All I had was this recorder. You need to put the, the, the memory card into a laptop. I was like, "No one ever told me that piece." I just pressed record and went for it, and it just it just snowballed from there. So like coming up, to, I don't know what to do. The maths on it four years. It's we're yeah. starting our fourth year, and yeah, it's been a phenomenal journey. Like as in just an adventure, such a learning about myself, and it's, it's kind of 
side this being a, a side thing the, the podcast has grown magic minds has grown but i have also you know been on a journey of growth too which is phenomenal phenomenal i didn't realize that at the time that was just happened by uh by chance or well by the, yeah by fantastic the and like it's so funny hearing you say like you knew nothing about podcasting and you just ran with it like and said you'd figure it out later because i got like a about a kind of imposter syndrome when I started uh, Up Vibe, the podcast, um, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not a podcaster. I don't know anything about podcasting. But it was actually like a lot of encouragement from you as a, a kind of coach or um, through doing the program, uh, the Mind Your Little Self program and the Clarity and Success that I was doing with you. That's where the idea for the podcast for me came up or it was something I'd wanted to do for a long time. And I'd I'd kind of been too fearful to do, I think, or I'd put it off. And uh, yeah, it was your kind of advice then that gave me the little kick up the the bum to go and do it. So <laughs> now, look, I just see and like. So I work with people, I work in the job, I, you know, I, I do coaching. I see these things. I could just see that you had a skill, you have like the ability, you're a doer, you get stuff done. So why be thinking why, and like anyone, these skills are transferable, whether it's a podcast, whether it's starting a nail bar, whether it's becoming a baker, a butcher or whatever, these skills are transferable, Rebecca. And you have them, you have the skill of moving between knowing to doing, like you know how to do. So whether it's a podcast, whether it's anything else, and you just do it and you've demonstrated that. So that's what I'd be saying. I wasn't blowing smoke up your hole by saying, oh, you'd be good at podcasts, blah, blah. You could do whatever you want because you, you just demonstrated the, 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 the skill of being able to move from doing or from knowing to doing. And then that's what the job is about. And you did it. It proves that the, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. What? Yeah. And done is the new perfect. So Done is the new perfect. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if the podcast isn't or the most amazing quality in the world. It's done. So it's better than not been done. A hundred percent. An idea floating around in my head. So absolutely. Deadly. Yeah, and so you were saying you were just chatting there about the the coaching and that you were doing, and you were you mentioned transferable skills. So do you want to talk a little bit about the the program that you developed? Yeah. Look, I put together uh, mind your little self. You know. So Mind Your Little Self is based on my principle of minding my little self. You know, when I realized that I had a trauma and then we'd done all the work and counseling, then I find that it was little Matt that had a trauma, but little Matt lives in me. So I was like, I sat and thinking there one day, how do I do? How do I mind little Matt, mind, soul and body? You know, counseling for the mind, spiritual work for the soul physical work for the for the body and I was thinking how do I do all that so I just designed it because I realized from all the interviews all the talks I talk talk to people you know minding your little self it doesn't mean just because you have a trauma you can't do this but you know you'll know when you're scared or you've been you know somebody shouts at you or something you, you feel lesser than and the amount of people that do experience that so how do you how do you go about minding your little self mind solid body and I just basically put down everything that I do on a on a day, week, month, year, all my all my tools, all my tips, all my all my work that I've, I've accumulated over the, the, the 10 or 12 years of work, I just put it into a program to give people the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, but most of all the awareness and the confidence to mind their little self. 
But the, the program really is a giant awareness program. Where yeah. are you? Where are you not minding yourself? Where are you, you know, uh, unaware? And then once you develop awareness, then you have the skills to mind your little self. You know, uh, I didn't know I wasn't minding myself, but then I became aware and then you're left with a choice. And then when you become aware, then what tools and what tips do you need to do to mind your little self, you know? And as you know, all the program, all the weeks, everything starts with awareness, you know? Yeah. Awareness is the greatest agent for change. And anything you do, all the job I do in the, the National Rehab, we can't work on brain injury rehabilitation. If you are unaware, like let's say you have a memory difficulty, I can't work on you with you with memory strategies if you don't have the awareness to say, actually, I have a memory difficulty. Yeah. You can't get anywhere. Once awareness is built, then we can start working. If you say, I have confidence issues, I have self-esteem issues, Boom, we have some awareness around them. How can we mind little Rebecca? She's now aware that she may, her self-talk mightn't be great, or, uh, or, you know, our nutrition, our physical movement, not feeling loved. Okay, we have some awareness around. How can we bring in strategies, you know, gratitude or self-talk or physical movement, all these things, mind, soul, and body. These are tools to mind your little self. And when we yeah. start minding our little self, or just kinder to the world or just and this is all basically my living i just wanted to share with people because this is what i do i became a nicer person to my family my friends my war colleagues when i practice minding my little self and that's that's where that was born out i suppose yeah and it's it's brilliant i obviously i participated in and completed the six-week program mind your little self and uh, I, I loved it like the sense of community in the group as well we had the best little group bag of cans gang and uh, it was just it was very well structured I thought uh, as a program but like you said it's just huge awareness it's just really shining a light inside because we're so kind of uh, occupied with our external world and other people and our focus is a lot outside of ourselves but the program or what you did as a mentor or coach, I suppose, using the program was try to encourage people to look inside more and just mm -hmm. kind of develop better self-awareness and like that identify ways that you can mind yourself or that you aren't maybe minding yourself enough and that you need to pay a little bit more attention to. Like, Absolutely. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't thank the participants, you, the guys and girls on the program. I just love them. Those like all of them equally, as I said this many, many times over the weeks, I see myself and all you guys, and I did, you know, showing up, you know, it is to, to a difficult, difficult program. That is a difficult program, minding our little self. It's asked you to turn in. We spend most of our life looking out of our eyes and yeah. seeing the world and trying to shift and shape the world around when really we get our best bang for buck when we turn in and look at ourselves and we start moving chairs and stuff around in our mind and stuff. The world outside becomes different when we change our thoughts our feelings and emotions inside the world looks totally different you know our world in our world reflects our external world reflects our inner world and and for people that come on that journey just phenomenal and i, I don't blow smoke on people's hole they're deadly they're all deadly and i knew when i'd done that program i was like this is just so special when i brought the group together i was like these are special people i loved it i loved it and yeah i i, I feel the same i loved it as well and i felt like that 
everybody I just was so proud of everybody because it's it is difficult um for people to like show up for themselves do you know what I mean and commit to doing work on yourself it's not easy like um so I just thought everyone was bossing it like I was like yeah we're all great we're all showing up here and supporting each other but showing up for ourselves and I'm sure as a mentor as well you learned a lot from us too million percent million percent you know courage wisdom you know gratitude like I was I was learning all the time I was learning so much and plus I never I never I never designed a program before like this and I've never shared it like the way I shared on that I never I just was so vulnerable but how could I not be vulnerable when people are being vulnerable with me you know vulnerable to me vulnerability is a sign of courage bravery you know only the warrior soul warriors are vulnerable you know, but you can only be vulnerable with people that you're vulnerable, that are okay with being vulnerable as well. So you have to be very careful around that. But people were, were being vulnerable, so I was okay with that. Uh, yeah, it was just phenomenal. I learned, learned so much. That's the thing about teaching. When you teach two people, learn. Yeah. You know, you, you teach, you learn as well at the same time. Learn about yourself or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. So. Yeah, well, from that then, or I know during that program, you you were in the process of publishing your own book. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I, I have your book, um, obviously, as part of the programme. Um, but even I would have just bought it anyway because it's a 52-week gratitude journal. Um, yeah. And I keep a gratitude journal almost every day. Sometimes I'm not great at being consistent with it, but most days I do. And it's like a mental health toolkit as well you've described it as yeah so absolutely. do you want to tell us a little bit about it yeah um so I, I i wasn't like i wasn't you said at the start i'm a published author i wasn't like i i went off up to the mountains and stayed there for a few weeks writing a book i, I kind of people said you're you a published author <laughs> yeah, no, and I, you sent just, me a picture of your book in Easons and all next to like Jay Shetty's <laughs> book and everything, and I thought it was real, and I was like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, I just brought a bag of books in when we went into Easton and a few other bookshops, and I put it on the shelves just for the crack. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll come back to that story in a minute. But yeah, no, the book, I, I just, I was writing since 2015, just putting poems here and everywhere, like just on beer mats around the gaff and all. And I just collected them all together. And then I, and then all my mental health tool tips and all these things, these are, these are not things I wrote for a book to be put in a book. These are just things that I do. And I just collected them all together, like they were all around the gaff, pulled them all together, stuck them on a load of pages, sent them to this lady who got in contact with me. Because she had said to me, I see her one of your videos and you're writing a book i'm the editor of such and such and such books can i help you and i was like ah i'm not really writing the book that's my story i says i'm thinking about putting a poem book together or something or whatever you know and that's the way i said and she was like i will help you whatever you want to do send me over your work so central she said so she said there's a book oh she remembers me as a kid she says i I found memories of you as a kid she was a nice kid and i was like what what kind of bath <laughs> were you wearing back then? I was a little bollocks. So uh, I put it together and then she was like, you need a front story on this. You need to set the scene. So I basically just told like how I moved from my head to my heart. And, you know, it's a, it's all my, my my poetry, my words of wisdom, if you want to call it that, or tools and tips that I use to mind myself. And as you said, Rebecca, it's a 52-week gratitude journal. I absolutely love gratitude. 
not just a journal, just in life. Like, yeah. if you were talking about a pie chart or a pie, pie, an apple pie, uh, my life would predominantly have been looking at what's going wrong, things need to be better, yada, yada, yada. By practicing gratitude, by, by changing how I see things, things change, you know, now I look at all that I have, all that's going well for me. But I do still keep my eye on stuff that's not going well because that's important too. We can't just uh, be blindly living in a cuckoo land, but it changes your gratitude, change your perspective. Yeah, so that's just, and that's just where the, the book came about. And then the, the success of it has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm due to do a, a make my own podcast at the moment on this, The Power of Story. I and mean, when we say success, people think, oh, you sold so many books forever. That's not important to me. The stories I've been getting back, the, the, the feedback has just been mind blown. Just up to yesterday getting stuff. And then just the relationship with my ma has, excuse me, has changed. You know, it's it turned my world upside down. It's It's been powerful, really, really powerful. And was it difficult, Matt, like with obviously um, for the listeners who don't know you personally or haven't uh, read my head, my heart yet, like you shared your personal story um, about your your life, your childhood um, mm-hmm. trauma that you've experienced uh, as a forward kind of in that book, along with then the gratitude lists and um, the kind of awareness um, yeah as a mindfulness tools and stuff as well but like I'm sure that that was very challenging to put your story out there yeah absolutely Rebecca yeah like because realistically like and this is the thing I'm going to talk about my own one power story like my man dad didn't know the depths of my drug use they didn't know the depths of my mental health they didn't know the depths of my insecurities they didn't really like it really reminds you how much your parents don't know you sometimes they only know what they think they know you so i was putting on paper you know my mental health difficulties my drug addictions uh uh, my insecurities you know you're putting on paper it's okay me talking here about yada yada you think it just disappears into the ether but when it's on a page it's different so concrete like or permanent yeah yeah it's more permanent i was like oh jesus this is coming out we're shitting from september to december and oh it was like me anxiety was through the wall it was like rife like random anxiety like that i hadn't experienced since 2012 or 13 when i wanted to take my life by suicide i hadn't experienced that anxiety like i did and i was running the program with you guys I was doing other stuff. I was working on my health markers, blah, blah. But yeah, it was it was terrifying. You know, it was going to be revealed in my job. I work in the National Rehab, the Mecca of Rehabilitation. I hold this place with such high standards. Like, I love my job or whatever. I love the, the hospital. So they're going to hear, like, Matt, that works in the RTU, Rehabilitation Training. He done drugs and he had depression and he want to take us up by suicide. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, what am I going to do? But you know what? I just said, buckle up, kids. Here we go. It's happening. Like, I just lean into the sharp edges. I'm going. It's happening. I just, this thing was not stopping. You know, I'm not stopping. As in, it's, it's, this is for the best. As much as it's scary and it's going to be difficult, it's for the best. And I believed that, and I did. I was right. It takes a tremendous amount of courage, like an awful lot of courage and strength, I think, to, to do that in in spite of like the fear of judgment from other people like that if if you've had a lifetime of growing up feeling judged or not good enough or anything for you to expose 
all the the parts of your life and all that you don't really always want to tell people about do you know what i mean yeah and right. like it's it's brave so i commend you for that i think you're yeah. great thanks here's the thing rebecca right this didn't just happen i this has been like an accumulative effect i've been taking little baby steps along the way like you know i have the podcast i'm being vulnerabilities about myself and like i've been doing the work the last couple of years it wasn't just one day i wrote the book and then i exposed exposed myself i just threw it out there like i've been doing work and like you'll only go where you can handle at the time and the universe will only let you go where you can handle a time, you know, it's, you, it's not, it wouldn't be a benefit to be just to rip the plaster off or pull open the blinds and let the light in and blind the fuck out of yourself. So it was taking steps along the way to prepare me for that. And then this is not the final step either. I'm still like, I hope to actually write my book about my life. And in that, there's some dark, dark days, there's dark, dark things about my sexuality or drugs and drink and all these kind of things that like, I did that I still can't get my mind around the sexual abuse and but that like I actually thought I could possibly do that around now and I only realized no way you're not ready how could you write about something when you've not fully processed it and and dealt with the 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 impact of that you know and I'm still doing the work on that and as you know we're all still doing the work aren't we yeah always i don't think there's an end to it like uh, even though i wasn't happy to kind of figure that out i thought like you do the work and then there's a result at the end and um, <laughs> yeah, through like gaining a little bit more awareness i've started to come to the realization that there isn't an end point that it's a continual thing like a constant state of learning and gradual building of awareness but that there's no finish line like that it's just constant in motion oh 100 sure. I, I went down the holotropic breath work <clears throat> i've done a couple of holotropic breath works you know i'll say conscious blah 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 they helped me along my journey and here's the thing down there the people that were at the at the at that workshop right psychologists psychotherapists psychoanalysis people that have done years and years of work still doing the work still peeling back the layers to get to that, you know, to that place of understanding the self, understanding the I, you know, pulling back the defilements, pulling back the voices, getting to getting to the root of who you are, the I, you know. Uh, Matt, sorry, just for uh, for the listeners or anyone who doesn't know what what is holotropic. So holotropic. Breath. Holotropic breathwork. It was it was created by a guy called Stan Graff. He's a psychotherapist or a psychoanalyst or whatever. He was in psychology, but he, he used to do this therapy with people that bring them into an altered state of consciousness. Where he used to use uh, LSD. So when you so you've got your conscious mind and you've your unconscious, your subconscious. You know. So a lot of our trauma, hurt, pains that happened as a child are stored in our in our in our subconscious you know that level below consciousness we can't get it sometimes it's buried so using the the, the lsd the creates you know brings you into an altered state of consciousness and it, it helps you open that up but that got banned since i don't, can't remember you, so many years ago you can't use lsd but now they just use breath work and the mute so they have the music they have the breath work and then through breath there's about three or four hours each sitting and it brings you into this altered state of consciousness, stuff that you store 
in your subconscious it helps you to tap into that okay and that's where the trauma you know stuff that happened to me as a child things that were said to me my sexual abuse all that the, the, the depths of the pain of that lay in my subconscious. So it helped me get into that and experience those pains, stuff that I had very deep, deep, deep. I was able to bring up, process, and then let go. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, got, it brings you beyond the intellect. Like I've done counseling, I've read books, I watch videos, all at an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel the feelings. So going into the holotropic, going beyond the subconscious, I was able to experience that trauma. And process I, it. I just. I, I remember you speaking to me before about that, and I remember saying to myself, on an intellectual level, like I'd be quite good at speaking about my feelings or like talking about my feelings, thinking about them, but mm-hmm. I'm not very good at just like sitting with them. Of course, yeah. So I like, know what advice do you have for people? Because I'm not the only person in the world that's like that. Many of us are like that. Me um, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, but what advice or how have you kind of or how do you try to overcome that or manage that being with your feelings oh yeah look I was the I was the Linford Christie of, or the, the Usain Bolt the feelings emotions relationships everything anything to avoid pain anything to stare into the sun as Urban Yalom would say uh, it's just it's about it's just about experiencing the, the feelings in, in in the moment. And that's the thing about mindfulness meditation. What it helps you do is, is to be able to experience them like in the moment. So if you're sitting here and you're like, this is the thing about transferable skills. When you sit down to meditate, like the feelings, the emotions come up, you know, stuff will come up, I'm bored, I'm anxious, I'm irritated. And it's in those little practices. Like people think, Rebecca, meditation is lotus position, close your eyes, gun by arm, my Lord, breathe in, breathe You can meditate in the car. You can sit there, like we spoke about that lady we were talking about, driving home from work. You can meditate in the car when you're stuck in traffic. You can name the feelings there, bored, irritated, pain in me hoop, whatever, you know, <laughs> without judging them. Like mindfulness, awareness, it's about experience the feelings without wanting them to come or go. Like, like that exercise I talk about, one and ten, you can't take five. How am I feeling? Between one and ten, ten being Gucci, one being I should have stayed in bed. And then you go, I'm annoying. Not I'm annoying. Yes, I love annoying. I can't, I can't wait to stay here all the time. Or I'm a one. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm a one. Oh, man, I'm going to get out of this one. We just go. And the more you practice this, you realize that one minute I'm a one. And then ten minutes later, it could be annoying. Watch, watch your little fella, Frankie. Frankie's yeah. dead. Frankie be deadly at mindfulness. One minute Frankie's annoying and he's bopping around Paw Patrol. And then he's down at one, smashing the gaff. And he doesn't care less. He just he just bounces between one to ten. And he doesn't Yeah, that's why I I spoke about Frankie in the first episode. And like I literally want to be Frankie. Like I want to be like Frankie. Like he they're just small kids are so good at being present because like that one minute he's on top of the world. Like and yeah. two seconds later, because I won't like let him lick a railing down the beach, he has a full meltdown and he's down to like a two. And rightly and, so. And why would you yeah. why would you not let him? That's the crack. He kind of even when he has a low point or a tantrum or uh where he's feeling overwhelmed, he kind of it passes and when he comes out of it, he doesn't dwell on it or think about like, oh, 
I was in terrible humor this morning or I had a tantrum this morning over a raisin. He just goes through the motions and he just is. He there's just no attachment to it. Like there's no, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't want to, he doesn't think I need to be a one. He doesn't have society telling him you need to be a one or 10. You need to be a nine. You need to be positive. He just, he just experienced whatever is happening for at the moment. I need to go to the toilet. I need to smile. I need to laugh. He just does whatever. And yeah. that's, we, we, if we can borrow some of that practice, like we can't always be like Frankie and live our best life as a kid because we lose our responsibility and we are adults sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, that is the art of meditation, doing what's, doing the one thing 100% we can only do one thing 100% at a time like and this is the thing like for someone that say somebody can't meditate and they can't sit there and close their eyes because they're thinking of all sorts you can bring your meditation with your eyes open you can go and wash the dishes I wash the dishes I eat my dinner I eat my dinner not I eat my dinner text my boyfriend I flick the channels I shout at the, the kids or whatever that's 25 things at once yeah. Meditation asks you to do one thing at once. Okay. Mindfulness asks you to be here without judgment. You know, it's just about staying in the moment and doing that one thing, like washing your hands. I wash my hands. I walk. I walk. You know. No, uh, what you're saying, Matt, is it doesn't have to be where I'm sitting, like in, in like little Buddha mode, eyes closed, incense burning, counting my breaths. Doesn't need to be like that. If you wanted to be like that, then that's it for you. But that's that, that's just for that's a ceremony. People love to do that's nice, and they have the candles and the scent and the aroma. But if you want to be present, as our our pal Eckhart Tolle would say, be here now. Anything that can enable you, like here's the thing: singing, just singing the blues, singing a song. That's mindfulness. Weight training, taking a put on the golf course, thinking of nothing else but the ball, go home ball, as Happy Gilmore would say, go home ball, go home ball. That's, that's, that in itself is mindfulness meditation. You're doing the one thing. All you're doing is getting the ball into the thing. Or you're singing, or you're painting, or you're drawing, or you're knitting. When you're in flow, like. That just doing that one thing, not thinking about, like when you're going for that putt, or you're sticking the, the needle through your, your wool or whatever, you're not thinking about what the neighbor said to you yesterday or what your ma didn't do for you when you were annoying or whatever. You're yeah. right there in that moment. If you can find something that keeps you there, and that's the art of breath work. When we, when we breathe, breath in, breath out. I'm just doing one thing. Breath in, I'm concentrating on one thing. Breath in, breath out. You can do it with your eyes open, you can do it with your eyes closed. Or, you know, you can rub your hands, you can wash the dishes, or you can cut flowers. Do the one thing and just stay here right now in the present moment, as Eckhart Tolle would say, the power of now. And that's what meditation, mindfulness, awareness, anchoring of our breath. These are all just forms of keeping us here. We can be in three places, in the future, in the past, or the present moment that allows us a higher state of consciousness. Yeah. So anything that will keep you in the here and now, whether it be eyes open, whether it be eyes closed, that's what I do. And it's about catching yourself, becoming aware. Where am I? And as soon as you notice, I'm not aware, you are aware. Yeah, that's Eckhart Tolle says that. I remember that. Yeah, I was telling him that. I let him talk. You can. I said you can have that. Oh, just, just yeah. Don't even quote me, Eckhart or Grandma. Yeah. I just text him. I said you can have that one. Have that one. Echo column. <laughs> Ecky. Ecky, yeah. Ecky, and that's, 
it, and that's the thing, you know, like when we meditate, Rebecca, and uh, we drift off 20 or 15 times, which I've told you, like when we meditate, people think, oh, shit, I just meditate. I can't do a drift off the 10 times. That means you won 10 times. You've become aware 10 times. You have 10 times more, 10 times more consciousness. So what have you yeah. reduced that? And, and, and then slowly bring it down. It's like, and this is the thing and what we do as adults. We give ourselves a hard time because we're not good at something and we've only tried a few times. When you were a kid and you start to play ball, you're playing ball from the stage of four or five, right up to 12, or if you're in the Irish dancing, you're doing it from four to 16, and then you're deadly, you're a whopper at it. But you forget all those years of practice. And when we sit down and meditate, we go, oh, I'm shit at this, I can't stop breathing, or I can't stop thinking, I can't, blah, blah, blah. I, I used to say those things about myself. Yeah. Then I realised, you've never even done this before, you numpty. Calm yourself down. Yeah. It's a practice. It takes well, a 10 like As soon as I started kind of meditating more, in the more traditional sense, I suppose, like trying yeah. to can trying to doing it mm. like in the kind of Buddha mode, uh, as I call it. Yeah. I like that. I was like, oh, I'm not good at meditating or I'm, I'm not getting it right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I want to be like, I recognize in myself that I can be impatient uh, sometimes yeah. with uh, when I try something new or, you know, I want to know how to do it straight away. I sometimes don't want to have the journey or put the time and practice in I just want the instant like I want it now so yeah. I expected like that I'd sit down and meditate a couple of times and I'd be like the Mr Miyagi of meditating you know <laughs> that I'd have it down like but yeah. some, some days I I really enjoy it like and I feel really centered and I get so much out of it like and other days I just know I'm not on form and I'll know within a few seconds now that I'm not feeling it today. And that day I'll do something different. Like, yeah. like what you were saying, like it could be eating your dinner or washing the dishes or something, but I'll, I'll do something more practical that day when 100%. I feel like it's easy. And, and here's the thing, in that practice, in that moment where you decided this is not working or blah, 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 this is a moment for you then to bring a sense of compassion in. This is, an, this is a moment where you can be patient with your little self. You can be kind, forgiving, understanding, tolerant. So these are the transferable skills that we can adapt or we can develop when we practice mindfulness or awareness that we can catch, become aware. Ah, look at me giving myself a hard time. Look at me becoming impatient. Would yeah. I do this to a child or a puppy? Would I do this to Frankie? No. So in this, there's, there's lots of things happening. Like, okay, you're not getting, because the Zen part or the, the Mr. Miyagi stuff you talk about, is just a byproduct. That's not really why we sit down to do it. It's about understanding our mind, understanding how we work, become accepting, become aware of who we truly are. And then by doing that, there's less of a spin in the sand that we, we get to actually see. We, we, we develop clarity, clarity about ourselves, the situation, about other people, and we're working on transferable skills. Yeah. Well, there, there was a girl I was speaking to uh, on one of the previous episodes of Vibe, and she was saying she struggles a lot with that traditional kind of sit down, breathe in, breathe out kind of meditation that she finds her anxiety or her thoughts kind of worse than nearly that there's more of them or I suppose she's more more conscious of the amount of thoughts that are around her and she just kind of finds it a bit overwhelming but what she did say she 
she does do is go for sea swims or she spends time like picking stones on the seafront and that and but during sea swimming you have to focus on staying afloat she was saying you can't think about what you were worried about before you got in and you're not thinking about what you're going to do when you get out you're literally just thinking of moving your arms and legs and staying afloat like because if you don't keep moving you'll go under like Mm -hmm. so it's kind of forcing you into the present when you're engaging in an activity like swimming or something that requires your full attention in the present like yeah 100 percent, and that's the thing and it's finding what works for you you know what can you find in your life that can bring stillness can bring you to the here and now bring you to the to this centeredness this oneness and that's meditation if it's walking if it's coloring if it's painting if it's gardening if it's playing with your child if it's lifting weights or singing it's about finding what works for you because like i interview lots of people some people like it some people don't i know psychologists and psychologists that don't really like meditation traditional i.e the buddha's meditation or the you know tibetan medicine whatever but you just find what keeps you here and now in the present moment that's that centeredness that kind of that space of non-thinking why is that important like why is it important as people that we try to do that which that that centeredness that oneness or that thing yeah why is it important why is important for me because for me for me personally it stops us going into the future and trying to predict, you know, when we go forward, we get anxious about the future. We worry about things or we go backwards. We think about the past and we get depressed and yada, 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 yada. We think, 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 think. By practicing mindfulness, meditation, awareness, we can just sit, sit here and be here without judgment, you know, without, without like wanting it to be, and as I say, in the mindfulness or in the, the awareness, we said from one to 10, without judgment, just being here with our thoughts. Because a lot of times we judge them. I don't want this thought. I want that thought. And there's all this push-pull. And, yeah. and that in itself, that in itself creates chaos. That like becomes this push-pull, like pulling a rope on a beach. You know, I want this thought. I don't want that thought. Another thought comes in. And then we have all this mind chatter. And what, what it does for me is, it just slows it down. It just, it just stops me engaging in this mindfulness combat in my mind. I can just watch. And when I watch and I'm not in it, I'm not in the conversation. Like he said, she said, do this. It's, it just in itself just dies down somewhat. I just, I don't give it as much energy. Yeah. I, I would find the same, like a similar experience with what you've just described. I find it helps me to kind of step, step like I, we all have like those, the mind uh, scatter or like thoughts, like you said, and fears, insecurities, anxieties, but it helps me to kind of step back from them a little bit and they don't have as much power then. Yeah. Kind of driven or I'm more in, not in control of them. I'm not in control, but they don't have as much power over, 
or they don't dictate how I behave, I suppose, as much. You become the watcher of your thoughts. And that's what mindfulness meditation done for me. I have become the watcher of my thoughts, feelings, emotions, my experience in the future, like my anxiety about the future, my my, my depression about the past. I'm able to watch it all. I'm able to watch within conversations. It's given me the skill set that in flight, in the middle of a conversation, I can watch if an anxious feeling comes up, if an excited feeling comes up, if a, a judgment comes up. Because I practice that as I sat and be quiet in my mindfulness or my medicine, whatever. I become the watcher of my thoughts and feelings and emotions. I'm not the player in the game. I'm the watcher of the game. Not yeah. all the time, but it's given me the skill to do that. Like when I'm listening to my kids or I'm listening to talking to you about something, I'll probably catch myself maybe judging or catch myself uh, drifting away, you know, and then yeah. I bring myself back, bring myself back. Where did I learn that? I learned that when I sat down and be still with my meditation, with my practice. And that's what it does. You're not just constantly unconscious all the time. You become conscious of your thoughts, feelings, emotions and experiences. Yeah. Just for what they are. And Matt, what's the difference then between meditation and mindfulness? Or do you think they're like intertwined? It's, it's, a, it's really, it's all just a language, isn't it? Like, it's all just language. But really, the power, for me, meditation, mindfulness, awareness, it's all the same time. Can we just be conscious in this moment? Just, just that consciousness, like, like, like this interaction, this exchange of energy. I'm conscious. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. So, so I yeah. So anything that we can do to do that, you know, like the word meditation probably scares people, you know, because they think it is traditional lotus position, you know, a spiritual leader or a monk, and you know, it puts kind of people off. But my role as a teacher is to try to teach people that you don't have to be any of them. You don't have to have incense or the candles or the lights or the, the, the mats and all these accessories. You can literally just do it in the car. You can do it with your eyes open. You can do it depending on what you want and what you're hoping to achieve, you know. Um, yeah, actually, another thing with, with the podcast, uh, I got a little bit of advice from you prior to starting off the podcast and a couple of other people I know who, are podcasting as well and based on your advice and the advice of other people I went and I got all this equipment I got deadly mics and I got cables and I got like a zoom h5 recorder thing and now I'm having to use zoom for interviews <laughs> through my phone because of the lockdown and I can't actually have guests yet in person so um that's why there's a a little bit of kind of delay or sound quality issues at the minute but I'm, i mm -hmm. can't wait to crack open the mics proper now here here's one i, I want to just say now some people would be put off with this and that would become you know a reason for stopping but you improvise adapt and overcome you pivoted and just carried on and that and that's 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 the, that's the beauty that's the magic you know you know when you yeah. face the challenge you improvise adapt and you overcome and you, you get it done uh, oh, definitely I think I think when it's something that like this or anything really I suppose that's outside of our comfort zones we're going to be resistant to wanting to do that because we like to stay where we feel cushy and kind of safe and where nobody can judge us or think anything so 
starting the podcast was already a little bit um, of me stepping outside my comfort zone. And then when you're faced with obstacles or barriers, I, I think it's very easy for us to kind of go, oh, no, it's grand now. I just, I, I won't do that now. Ah, sure, that didn't work. Sure, I can't do it now. And I would have been very, uh, not like, I wouldn't have always done that, but I would have been more susceptible to that happening, I suppose, in my old way of thinking. But uh, this time around, I and after doing the program with yourself and all, I was able to identify that it's an obstacle and like that, how can I adapt or overcome it? So for the moment, my interviews are through Zoom and that's what we're doing. And yeah. I'll be able to use the equipment at some stage in the near future, hopefully. Here's the um, question for you. Here's the question yeah. for you. Did you give yourself credit for that? Did you say to yourself, fair play to me, look what I've just done there. I improvise it after an overcome. Yes, that's deadly. Fair play to me. Uh, yeah, kind of. I didn't do a cartwheel now or but that's because I can't do cartwheels. <laughs> but if you would, you, if you could, you would. And that's the thing yeah. about, it's like what you would do with Frankie. And this is another practice about minding our little self. This is not all about soothing trauma. When we celebrate or when we, when we meet a piece of success, we, we catch ourselves doing good and we, 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 we reward ourselves. We give ourselves positive regard, like we would a child, like we would a puppy. We say to ourselves, fair play. And when we fall over and we make mistakes, we soothe ourselves as well. This is the art of being, of minding your little self. You know, it's about celebrating your wins, soothing yourself when you have difficulty, being honest with yourself, you know, being all, all things to yourself. I think, yeah. uh, fair play to you. Well done. Go you. Yeah, yup the podcasters. Yup the cartwheels. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to link your stuff in my Insta stories and that. Yes. But for anyone who wants to check out your podcast, can you tell us what it's called and where they can find it? Yes, you can find it in the flats. You up the flats. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Magic Minds Podcast, we're on all the podcast servers. We're on Spotify. We're on all the uh, podcast servers. We're on YouTube. We're on social media. You can find me, Matt Book. I'm on Facebook. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Okay, I, and... The Magic Minds podcast has its own Instagram page, doesn't it? Yeah, and we I also have a website, uh, www.magicminds.ie, and you can find me, Matt Bork, on Facebook or Instagram, um, a social media whore, as they say. Or in the flats, you up the flats? You, you up the flats with your bag of cans, non, non-alcoholic cans. <laughs> uh, you were going to come back to me, you said you'd come back to us with a story earlier. What's the story, yeah story that we've mentioned oh about your book in Eason's oh <laughs> yeah Tell look, us we make, yeah we make noise I was like oh we need to publish this book and blah, blah. And I was like look you know to do that they take so much money he said this is the way because I'd no money publishing the book blah, blah, blah. I had to get sponsors from Junior Genius they come in on me help me with it so I'm into self-publish and I didn't have this band on the back. Like I do everything just fucking totally different than most people. So I was like, I would have liked it to be in Easton's, yada, yada, yada. So let's let's come on in. We go into Easton's. So I brought a bag of books in. So I went into Easton's, put on the number one spot and I put on thing. And I just look around and the people in the shop are just looking at me because I went <laughs> in with my bag, I'll be back. It was over Christmas. And going around, like putting them on the on 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 the like there's blocks of books around the place, going around putting them down, taking pictures, and got some man to take pictures on me with me book and all. And then he watching me putting the books into my bag and walking out. Like 
look, I, I don't give a rat. In my mind, I was doing it for the crack, you know, and yeah, it's not, you can't do this wrong. I was only having a bit of crack. But like, as well, I remember you sending that to me and I was like, I was like, holy fuck. I was like, look at his books next to like Jay Shetty's and all. I was like, go on, Matt. Like, and then. Yeah, uh, you, you're not the only then, person. No, you were taking the piss out of me then. And I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, here, like send that, throw that into the group, the bag of cans gang and see does anyone else like take the bait and sure everyone was like go Matt I'm so proud of you and I was like thank yeah. god I wasn't the only one like yeah here's one fire my cousin Tracy me, me good pal Tracy my cousin I love her to bits she's mad as a brush but I sent her the pictures and she was like no way her and her daughter were up in Dundrum and they kept going over to home like oh here have you got this book and yada 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 and uh, and she's like, oh, some other fellow was in earlier asked about this. And she's like, I swear it's out and all. And she's showing you one in the shop. And and then she texts me. She calls me a little pig. She's called me a little pig since I was a kid. Uh, and uh, I was in tears laughing. She says, you had me and Caitlin, a daughter, going around Dundrum to all the bookshops looking for this. Uh, I was in stitches. Oh, did uh, like, was I Like, that's obviously for the crack. Like, and you are a great crack. But was there a part of that that's like, was there any other purpose for that, like a, a visualization kind of technique? Like, you know, if you, if we can see something in our mind, we can have it in our hands. So was some of that kind of putting your book up on the shelves to see that like maybe one day you'd like your book to be up there? Yeah, you know, you know, whole saying we see it, we can see it in the mind, we can hold it in our hands. You know, I love visualization, I love imagery. It's a huge piece. Anything I did, like whether I done my sports on Instagram, whether I done a podcast, yeah, there's there's a bit of that. That there's a bit of vision, but most of it was 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 a bit of banter, and the most most part of it as well was also uh, free advertising. You know, the, the power of social media, the power of having a bit of crack, the power of not giving a fuck. Just like, yeah, just take the picture, throwing her out there. Because, like, how many people are going to see that? How many people are going to talk with her? So there's a bit of, there was a bit of use of social media as advertising as well, free advertising. Yeah. So there's a bit of trying to box clever while having a yeah, crack as I well. Know, like, I thought it was very funny. And I think anyone who knows you, like, got, probably got full crack out of it, like. Yeah, yeah, like I know there was was part. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, record. It was parts of me going, oh, when people think I get a bit above my station doing this, and you know, no, telling just, if I, I wrote a book and I had it, I would be like, literally, like I said it to you when you sent me the picture of it, Neeson's. I would be like, I'd be stopping people and being like, look at my book, like, and like getting photos <laughs> of people next to it and all, <laughs> doing cartwheels that I can't even do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, you have to big yourself up. You just you only said it yourself there that when you achieve something, like I would with Frankie, I'd big him up, like, and I make a big deal out of his successes or I celebrate them. Oh, yeah, so and that's something I've learned to do over the years. Like, that's something I've definitely learned over the years is to do that. And again, I, I, I don't do it that much, I do internally do it, like, I'm. I'm I'm, I'm happy about things but I don't I don't over celebrate and it's again it, this is not just my story and that's the thing about the work we're doing the podcast it's not a it's not me I am just a vehicle for the message you know uh, my experience is like millions of other people I'm just just telling it so uh, I do remind myself of that as well so, but also it's about having a crack yeah 
all about the crack. Well, look, I've had great crack chatting to you. Thanks so much for for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad you were a guest. Um, I'm absolutely delighted. Mambo number five. <laughs> yeah, you're episode number five, yeah. Uh, look, um, I'm absolutely delighted. Come on, fair play, Jim. I'm so proud of you. Uh, you're a good thanks. egg. Thanks, uh, Larry. You've, you've worked really hard. Uh, same as all the other crew from the bag of cans. Deadly. But you're stepping up and showing. You're like, you know, you're you're showing if you really want something. You just go out. You just have to do it. Like, you know what I mean? All you got to do is just to do it. Like, don't is to do perfect, as you said. That's it. Well, um, thanks so much again for coming on and for all the chats. I hope that as the listeners listen to that, they got some like tips kind of out of that. Like, because I know that a lot of what you've shared with me through the program or through, through just chatting to you has really helped to like transform parts of my perspective or my mindset, how I look at things like. Um, well, I hope you have a Whopper Sunday. What are you at for the rest of the day? Uh, I am going to just have some food when I go out this and I get my bag ready. I'm going to see swimming and have one with the lads. I've seen you started that and like literally only a few months ago, someone mentioned sea swimming in the group and you were like, not a hope. Yeah, uh, look, I, I realised that there was, I don't really like to do it, but there's heat shock proteins, exposure to cold therapy, blah, 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 all that. But then there was also a huge fear in me. So I've been working on that this year, just overriding the the psychology, the fear. Just because physiological is fine, but it's difficult. But I've noticed that it's just a psychological fear. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to combat this. Like with running, because I'm not into running either. And like with cold showers, I've cold shower now for the last three weeks, and and now cold jumping in the sea. I did it last week, the cold shower thing. Now I only did thirty seconds. Yeah. Each day. But like that would wake you up in the morning. And like my mom was like, What are you? Was there a spider upstairs or something? And I was like, No, I'm just like, I could hear you screaming and all. I was like, No, oh, no, I had yeah. a cold shower. <laughs> and this is the thing, like the lads were slagging me last week. You're like a bleed monk going in, walking in the water. There was no screams or nothing. Same thing. I just tell my mind, you're not gonna scream. Doesn't mean I wasn't screaming inside. You say you're not screaming, you're not gonna start yeah. roaring and shouting. It's trying to control my mind. Because if you go in and go, oh, it's really, 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 your body will react to that. Your mind will believe whatever you tell it. So yeah. I'm trying to tell it, it's grand. It's cold, yeah. Like, it's fucking Baltic. Like, yeah. just don't be screaming, calm. Because your nervous system will react to the thoughts and uh, things you tell it. So I just say it's grand. And when you get in, just sit there and shut up. And that's yeah. what it is. It's actually colder, I think, when you get out. A hundred percent. Worse. It's worse when you get out of the sea. Your, your little piggies and your little fingers will be Baltic. But it's a bit of crack. Have you gotten yourself a dry robe yet? Hey, that won't be happening. The lads in the flats won't be impressed with me turning, rocking up a dry robe or ocean robe is what some of the boys have out there. No, you need to. You need to get yourself a dry robe or the business. No, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm just going to stick to me pennies, jocks, and me, uh, me, me foots. And your speedos. Me speedos. Me, right. me, budgie, me budgie smugglers. Lovely. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy your swim today. Yeah, and have a whopper day. And... I hope the listeners, all you guys have had a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode or you'd like to follow Matt's page, I'm going to link his podcast and personal page on my Instagram stories. Don't forget to share my page. If you enjoyed this, um, tell your friends about it, tell your ma about it, uh, whoever. And keep her lit. Namaste. Namaste.